Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The possibilities here are pretty mind-boggling. We can't just believe that it was the work of these Welcome back, guys, to Conspiranormal. We finally finished Rob's birthday. We left him uh, passed out on the couch. Uh, we drew all over him. Two weeks straight. Two weeks straight. Inebriation. Yeah. It, it was a hell of a birthday. Um, so he is not here. So we're, we, uh, we skedaddled all the way back to Studio B. Uh, but we do have a interesting roundtable tonight. Um, a few weeks ago, almost a month ago now, I was involved with a fringe news show on Where Did the Road Go with Soraya. And I have Red Pill Junkie Ren here who were on there with me. And we we got a little off topic as we're as apt to do sometimes. And we started talking a lot about conspiracy theories and kind of what's wrong with conspiracy theory and there's been a lot of development since we had that discussion you know there's alex jones there's the emergence of QAnon that has come into popular consciousness so guys we're going to have a little round table about all this so basically this is what is wrong with conspiracy culture round table and i want to introduce red pill junkie Hello. Hello, sir. And Ren Collier. Hey, everyone. And like I said before, those guys, those two guys, they were with me on that roundtable. And I'm also including Adam Go Rightly because he recently put out an article on the Daily Grail exploring QAnon and also exploring the Pizzagate phenomenon. And I thought that was a really good article about that and kind of went into detail Mm -hmm. so adam go welcome back to the show uh thanks for having me on yeah man i i I wish i could have stayed in morro bay california you took me to one of the most beautiful (laughs) places on earth yeah it is got to see a seal in the water and everything and that beautiful (laughs) beautiful rock out there man that was that was crazy but alas i had to come back to tennessee it is what it is and uh surfiel is here guys he's manning the ones and twos tonight he's he's robbed tonight so but he's got a lot of questions for you guys i'm sure but let's get started with you adam uh because you recently wrote this article as i said before about QAnon, and i kind of want to talk to you about what kind of got you interested in this and what kind of conclusions that you have gone gotten to about this whole QAnon 
conspiracy theory? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> it's a pretty damn, pretty damn involved article for those of you who've read it. Um, and I do recommend reading it. Yeah, yeah. I, st- I started, recommend. I started noticing it a few months ago, and actually uh, was working on this article for quite a while. You know, probably two or three months as I'm working on book projects. There was also this Q and on stuff on the side which was just these outlandish uh you know conspiracy theories i don't know if you want me to go into all the details about q anon but uh yeah yeah let's talk a little bit about that what q anon is we covered this a little bit on the last show yeah. but it would help you know just give kind of look of a refresher for anybody that hasn't heard about it or doesn't know about it by now well i i saw it was uh, related to uh pizzagate and other conspiracies in the past you know and but the basic premise here is this really started uh most people pinpoint it to october of uh, 2017 and you might have remembered uh, the comment uh, trump made at it was like a, a photo op in the white house with all the military staff and he made something this cryptic comment it was like this is the calm before the storm. Dun, dun, dun. Sort of creepy organ music there. And most people are going, what the hell is he talking about? You know, is this, you know, something to do with the Mueller investigation or God knows what? But uh, that was part of it, it seemed, that initiated this whole QAnon uh, deal. The, the premise is their uh, Q, this anonymous source, is... Uh, Works in for the uh, administration for different things, like he works with the Department of Energy, or maybe it's Michael Flynn uh, using, you know, an alias. And uh, anyway, this character has a secret Q clearance, whatever that is. And he started revealing uh, the secret plan that's going on in the. Uh, the Q people will talk about the plan. That's the big thing. You got to trust the plan. It m- might seem crazy. It doesn't make any sense what Trump's saying here, but then they'll interpret all the crazy shit he says. And coupled with that, there's like these uh, bots that get sent out now and then that seem like nonsense too. But, you know, this whole conser- conspiracy theory has been constructed that Trump is dismantling this. Uh, network of pedophiles around the country that are yeah. like overseen by the usual suspects hillary and george soros and uh john uh, podesta and there's even some versions of the uh, theory where uh, trump's secretly working with robert Mueller to uh anyway dismantle the deep state new world order what have you and this thing has gone on and on you know over the uh months and and I, I'd been working on this story, and it's like all of a sudden last week you had a uh, Trump rally where <laughs> all these Q people showed up. All of a sudden there was a bunch of people with Q T-shirts and signed Q, and the mainstream media is going, "What? The, what's this Q? <laughs> what's this all about?" And that that's why it uh, got some traction here the last couple weeks or so. And then uh, since then there's been other stories. It's like. Uh, Oh, uh, 
couple sources say they figured out who the Q people are and that Anonymous is going to hack Q. And you got these celebrities coming out like Kurt Schilling and Roseanne Barr that uh, believe in the theory or, you know, aspects of the theory. And so what? anyway, what I got into in the article, I saw patterns in the past. You know, I've been looking at conspiracy theories for a long time. And Q obviously is connected to uh, Pizzagate <clears throat> uh, because Pizzagate was all about this, uh, net, you know, this network of pedophiles uh, ran by whatever, <laughs> Hillary or the Democrats or the deep state or whatever. And they use the Pizzagate, use these underground tunnels. And that, that was kind of a throwback to uh, the McMartin preschool back in the day and the mm -hmm. satanic uh, Panic, and uh, there was also stories in the mid '90s that Hillary was this satanic, uh, lesbian, uh, evil doer, you know. And so all these things have been brewing and bubbling for a long time. And the reason why it became a big thing, you know, I I think my personal opinion it was basically a conspiracy theory that's been weaponized, you know, as political propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Did you guys hear about, um, and I'll, I'm going to come to something else and then circle back to this. Did you hear about the revelations about Jade Helm that have come out recently? Uh, not recently, no. That, uh, no. Well, the whole Jade Helm, remember that back, I think, 2014? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alex yeah, Jones yeah. was screaming about it and how it mm -hmm. was this it was this martial law exercise in um, over, I mean, it was a real you know military exercise that was going on national guard i believe that was doing it but right. there was all this paranoia about there being they were using the walmarts as um fema camps basically prisons and such and it's well, now they are using the walmarts as camps but not for <laughs> right not yeah. for right right for babies for immigrants, right. But but what uh, what what has happened is that they're they're finding out now that this was actually Russian bots that did. Oh this. yeah, I did. I did hear that. Yeah, yeah, they spread all these rumors about it, and that was now they're now what is being thought is that it was a test run because they saw that oh uh, we can have some influence, and so they use that as a as kind of like a test run to later influence try to influence on the election. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, well, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because uh, a lot of this stuff came became obvious to me after the fact, but uh, it seems pretty evident now that, uh, you know, whoever that nexus are of those trolls out there, whether it's a combination of Russians or alt-right or this and that, they were targeting the militia movement uh, a few years ago, really, it started. Oh, yeah. and that's where you started seeing a lot of those memes. Mm -hmm. uh, probably, uh, I can get deep in the weeds in this if you want me to. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't, yeah. Sure. yeah, that, yeah. That, well, let me, let me give you, uh, one way you can look at this is with uh, Alex Jones, who uh, promoted uh, a lot of that stuff, uh, Jade Helm, Agenda uh, 21, etc. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and they talk about uh, basically RT is the Russian state uh, television. They promoted a lot of these things. Uh, 
interestingly, Alex Jones uh, started working with RT back in, I think it was uh, 2008. RT basically started in 2005, I think. And so if you look at it, at, and here's I'm throwing a conspiracy out there, but if you look at it from this perspective, it was uh, basically an operation that started around there. And Alex Jones uh, was on RT back then talking about they brought him in as an expert on the, you know, the conflict they were having in Georgia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and so as, t- as time evolved, especially over the last three years i've really seen the, the stuff he's talking about really reflects or amplifies or echoes what's coming out of for instance uh russia and uh, WikiLeaks and some on the far right basically that you know they hit on well jade helm was one of the things it's like it's the un it's nato all these things that uh, Putin and the Kremlin are against, and George Soros, uh, you know, George Soros, and around that time, 2013, when all of a sudden people were talking about George Soros, and I was going, what the hell is this all about? You know, I know Soros has a history for currency manipulation and this type of uh, stuff, but he was also at loggerheads with uh, Putin during that uh, period, so... Anyway, that's one perspective to uh, view all that, all of this in, you know, is that uh, those type of operations that are influence campaign operations that are going on. Soros was very instrumental in a lot of the colored revolutions in Eastern Europe, wasn't he? Well, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's viewed as somebody who promotes... Uh, Democracy or... yeah. Basically, liberal democracy, and he was like, uh, you know, he's pro-immigration, all this stuff nowadays that (laughs) is so divisive, and that uh, these type of influence campaigns are trying to drive this wedge between different factions, you know? Right. To to Red Pill and Wren, what are you guys' thoughts on this whole QAnon thing that's going on right now? Well, Red Pill, do you want to take it first? Do you want me to go? Uh, sure. I mean, it's 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 bizarre. You know, at first, uh, being a tricky. At first, I thought that Q referred to the character. You know, that that, that is from the next generation. You know, this uh, <laughs> trickster-like uh, demiurge entity. You know, that is trolling uh, the crew of the Enterprise. You know, and and seeing how how this thing is evolving, you know, that might not be that misguided. Uh, another thing that I read, I read a, 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 an article in BuzzFeed, I think, some people saying that uh, this whole thing with the QAnon uh, conspiracy <clears throat> might have been uh, started by left-wing anarchists in order to troll the older you know, right-wing uh, supporters of Trump. And the evidence they, su- they provided was uh, some novel, some an anarchist novel from the 1990s that was published in Italy. I don't know, if, if Adam, if you've looked into this. 
Well, it, that's that's interesting. I was in uh, Italy about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and uh, while there, I was uh, talking to a guy, and uh, he he started uh, raving about man. I just written. He was an Italian. I read this book Q, and it's the greatest thing. It's by mm-hmm. Luther Blissett, I think, and also uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, Umberto Eco. Umberto and, Eco, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. oh, so I, right. I I bought I bought it and it's sitting on my shelf <laughs> and I had you know it's one of those things I was going to read then yeah I saw that BuzzFeed article and I go huh that's interesting that's that's really interesting yeah but apparently uh, it was a collective of, of authors the ones who uh, who penned that kind of uh, uh, they 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 openly said in that Bolster article that it was some, something of an anarchist manifesto in how to try to destabilize society, obviously following mm-hmm. a, a, a left-wing agenda, but what is really interesting and, is, well, maybe not that surprising is that here it has been wholly embraced by, by the right-wing, this idea that uh, Trump is actually a freedom fighter that is battling, you know, these sinister <laughs> forces that are controlling uh, the government and society and the world at large, you know. This is something that even Alex Jones kept saying uh, in that quite bizarre interview with Joe Rogan on, on the Joe Rogan podcast, you know, when he was high as a kite, I thought he only hit it once. I only saw him hit the joint once. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was actually interesting when he was starting to to, uh, to, uh, disclose his actual personal beliefs about, you know, alien intelligence and the like, and was like, oh, wait a minute, you know, Alex Jones is a Gnostic. But anyway, that's beside the point. (laughs) When he was talking about, yeah, how Trump is really going to, you know, wreck this thing apart and he's working in secret and he's going to disclose all these things and it's, there's going to be a whole lot of, uh, uh, of uh, subpoenas and people going into jail and that what, what that was what two years ago something yeah there's something there's like uh, supposedly uh, 40,000 sealed indictments <laughs> <laughs> that's the line that always gets thrown out there yeah I think the, it's, a the big, interview, it's a big operation I think the interview with Joe Rogan was in 2017 I think it was sometime in the spring. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that I saw just like the first five minutes of it. I couldn't take too much, but it, that's when he walked back uh, the part of the PizzaGate thing about uh, Comet Ping Pong. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, he got some pressure. He also and I wrote write about that in that article that uh, they basically I think. I, I heard he got a visit from the feds, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. and uh, he had to back off that stuff and actually put up a public apology on Infowars. And I went to look for that and it was gone, but I found it uh, elsewhere. So they put up a public apology that they were wrong about Comet uh, Ping Pong. But if you go to that link now, it's been scrubbed. Yeah, that sounded like a CYA to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, exactly. Yeah, it was something the lawyers wrote. Well, he's getting sued yeah. by the Parkland parents. I mean, for calling all that stuff false flags and causing them to be harassed over their kids getting shot to death. So he's, he's probably yeah, suing this, yeah, this Sandy Hook. 
aren't still. Yeah, they're they're suing him too. Yeah. No, he's suing them. Oh, he's suing them. I thought they were suing him. Yeah, that's it's both ways, you know. Oh, okay, they, okay. they are suing him, uh, okay. and he is suing them. Yeah. That yeah, there's bizarre. there's a number there's a number of lawsuits. There's the Sandy Hook stuff. There's uh, that uh, Chibani yogurt <laughs> thing. If you know that uh, story, that became a uh, issue with uh, Alex John. I don't know if you guys are familiar Chibani with that. Chibani yogurt. No, I'm not familiar. Yeah, with Greek, have- Greek yogurt, right? They uh, spreading false rumors. It's like in. Uh, they're based out of shit. I halfway remember Idaho or Montana or somewhere, and this uh, rumor got started that Jones was spreading about there was Muslims that work at Chubani, oh, and they were yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. talking about. So there's there's a number of uh, lawsuits, and there, there's been the threats. You know, he's made on a pop a cat in the. Robert Mueller's ass or whatever the late I'm going to beat the shit out of uh, Adam Schiff or whatever you know his detractors will say well you got to uh, take it in context whatever that means but uh, anyway that's that's part of the reason all this gone on he's got kicked off some of these uh, networks more as a uh, I mean some people want to paint it as a free speech but it's you know more a uh, capitalism in action yeah i want to get to that but uh ren what's your thoughts on the whole q and stuff well as someone who spent far too much time on 4chan in my early 20s <laughs> uh, <laughs> like i remember it. yeah like i remember like when anonymous like was first created like i remember these sort of things and like how they morphed and like everything about this like the Italian angle is interesting and that would be like, I think there's a lot of evidence for that, but there's also evidence for just being people trolling on 4chan and then all the normies get a hold of it. The same thing happened with Pizzagate. The normies get a hold of it. They run with it because, you know, it's fun to like start a rumor like that or you know, it's fun for some people to start a rumor like that and then see how far it'll go. It's, it's almost like a John Titor kind of thing, but like yes. way worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We made that and, comparison too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's like, I mean, it's obviously fake, right? Like, there's a lot of reasons for that. The same same deal with the Pizzagate thing. Um, and, you know, if it is a bunch of left-wing people trolling, that that's funny, too. I mean, the big thing is, you, and you have to remember this, the people who fall for stuff like Q and, and, and Pizzagate are literally some of the biggest rubes in the world. And they're really easy to fool. Like, I remember seeing stuff like this. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this back on Twitter uh, during the election. Um, there was a guy, Randy G dubs on Twitter. He posted this thing where he was like, I love like working at the Illinois, like post office and tearing up all the Trump ballots that are being written in, in the mail. And like, Mm. it was like, obviously a joke. Like he doesn't work (laughs) for the post office, but then like drudge and Alex Jones and everyone just like ran with it, you know? And like people were calling the postal service. We're like, what's going on? It's like, and it's funny too, because you see how how much this has gotten out of control from the people who were pushing it to begin with, much like what happened with Pizzagate. Like, you have people like Jack Probosiak, who was, like, he's a big Pizzagate guy, like Cernovich was, and 
like he's now one of the people who are like cues a ruse like you know you get you people are being fooled you know but, but pizzagate's still real you guys got to come back and, and look at this pizzagate <laughs> stuff so like but but it's funny because like what's happening is that the same these people are like well looks like jack probosiak is uh is works for the deep state you know <laughs> like now they're accusing him of being a deep state agent and they're accused you know it's like it's just got completely completely out of control and it, it's hilarious to watch, but it's also scary because I mean we have to remember that like people did go with like guns to come at ping pong, right? There was that one guy oh, got yeah. arrested. Right. Like there are psychos who will actually like kill people over this stuff. And yeah. I mean, maybe that's why, you know, you have some sources now who are like trying to like counter it. Like I I mean, the anonymous thing is weird because like anonymous isn't just one group of people like you know there's a bunch of different subgroups and stuff and a bunch of different people who, who claim to be part of it so who knows what this like anonymous counter insurgency thing is but well what uh what ren brings up there uh adam in your article you also talk about a guy <clears throat> that locked himself with a loaded weapon in his in his vehicle like i had not even heard about this until <laughs> yeah. I read it in your article. Yeah. That was a uh, QAnon thing, and there's right. been a few QAnon uh, wackos now that are getting into those type of incidents. That happened on the Hoover Dam in Arizona, and it had to do, you know, if you're following the Trump-Russia stuff or the uh, Hillary Clinton email thing, there was uh, an investigation, you know, the inspector general basically review of that investigation and there was the ig report and so this they've been working on this thing for uh, you know about a year it's more of an internal review of how whatever fbi and doj handled it but within the QAnon crowd it was like when this ig report comes out it's going to be the bombshell that you know it's going to Get unseal all those 40,000 indictments. And so, anyway, the report came out and it was, you know, pretty much a big nothing. And so, in response to that, the QAnon crowd was like, well, there's also a super secret second report. Yeah. So that was, (laughs) right. That was the buzz. So, this guy went to the uh, Hoover Dam and he had a makeshift uh, armored vehicle. And so, uh, uh, you know, uh, parked on the bridge there and put out a sign on his window that said, Mr. President, please release the uh, files. He was talking about the super secret uh, second IG report. <laughs> so he so he was inspired by that uh, craziness. I wanted to talk, you know, j- just mention briefly, and I went into this in the article, it's like, well, where's this coming from? Fortran trolls, or is it the Russians, or left-wing pranksters, whatever? When I was looking at the origins of uh, Pizzagate, where this uh, looks like it started and, you know, turned into QAnon, or yeah. morphed mm-hmm. into Q- QAnon, right. it looks like it uh, might have started with a uh, article that showed up in this website called true pundit. It was one of these websites that like came out of nowhere, like right before around the time of the election, you know, a lot of these uh, sketchy websites. Mm-hmm. And there was an article in there about, uh, had to do with reopening the Clinton email investigation. If you guys were following all the 
stuff that was going on during that period. And this article stated that they hadn't covered, you know, this they found the emails on Anthony Weiner's laptop, all that. And this article claimed they had sources with the NYPD and the New York uh, FBI that they had found more emails that talked about uh, uh, basically pedophilia and pay-for-play and how in Hillary's name was dropped associated with all of this. And that was... November 2nd, which was like a week before, before the election, and Mike Flynn, who was, you know, became national security advisor, he tweeted that out on November 2nd. And then uh, a couple days later, uh, Eric Prince, who was also part of that nexus, was on Breitbart. He was talking about that same story. Yeah, he's got sources that confirm all of this, and Mike Flynn tweeted it out again. This story, and but he also included the hashtag spirit cooking, which was odd. This was before Pizzagate was really a thing. Yeah, that's where it and started. S- yeah. And whole- so Pizzagate, as far as I know, really wasn't talked about till a couple weeks later, November 22nd, when Mike Cernovich, uh, looks like he uh, was one of the first that used that. Uh, Hashtag. So you know it bring it brings up uh, another conspiracy <laughs> here. And, you know you see this psychosis even in in liberals too. Like I remember right after the election, like Louise Mensch um, mm-hmm. went on and on about how you know uh, Steve Bannon and Donald Trump had been convi- like convicted in secret of treason and that they were going to be executed within the week or something and you had tons yeah. of people like believing i mean it's like you, you see this on on both oh, sides oh i was, I was, like, I was kind of following her for a while <laughs> yeah she's she's a character <laughs> well some Woo. of the stuff she said you know it mm-hmm. uh it was uh it made sense you know but then other things were so far out uh, that it was like huh she she <laughs> she got her hands on some information that uh, was kind of verified you know about yeah. FISA warrants and but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah then she'd pull out stuff like that and it's like yeah you, you see this all because it's like this uh, desire for like deus ex machina amongst like you, you want some kind of like you know, Deus Ex Machina to come in and, and save you against your yeah. political opponents. Like, you know, oh, they're going to be tried for treason or they're going to yeah. be impeached or whatever. I was going to say that's where some of the QAnon thing came because early in the, the uh, Russian investigation, there were some uh, uh, grand juries that were working in secret. You know, they uh, mm-hmm. pe- people were talking about this on Twitter, some of the Luis Menches. And anyway, this bore out that, yeah. There were these grand juries with sealed indictments. Some of them turned out to be like uh, Mike Flynn and Manafort. And I yeah, think the, the, Q, the QAnon latched onto that. It was like we, <laughs> like everything in uh, the Trump universe, it gets, uh, you know, there's things get flipped around. Fake new, How fake news <laughs> got flipped yeah, around. I the, think the that's alternate how, Trump universe. Yeah. 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 Did you mention in your article, uh, uh, go rightly, that one of the theories about who Q is is actually like John Kennedy Jr., like John John <laughs> is actually Q? I heard that one at the end of the article. I, you know, there was it seemed like the last couple of weeks I was finishing up this article. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. the 
the uh, mainstream media came out with that. And I go, oh, shit, I got to finish this up or it's just going to look like I'm jumping the shark here. Yeah. And that's where I started <laughs> seeing all the all these other ones, the John F. Kennedy Jr. I didn't even <laughs> bother yeah. to read, you know. There was just <laughs> like. <laughs> it, it's, it's just too much sometimes. What I, what I really loved was that chart that you put up on yeah. there. Oh, that chart oh, is incredible. Yeah. I, I put that, that I put that on the Conspiranormal Facebook page, and that thing blew up. <laughs> oh, wow. Surprised uh, people weren't didn't know about that. I, th- I, I write in the article, it, uh, it's Shades of the Illuminatus Trilogy. Yes. If you look at that map, yeah. there's all kinds of Illuminatus elements in there. What I touch on is that to have a com- uh, conspiracy – no matter how crazy it is, you need some essential truth or facts at right. the core of it, right. you know? Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, an Illuminatus. Yeah, there was an Illuminati at one time or another. But then Wilson and Shea added all these other things, mixing fact with uh, fiction. Other people latched on to it. And, you know, they're partly responsible for the Illuminati as we know it today. And it's kind of the same thing with Pizzagate and QAnon. And, like, there was this Seth Rich conspiracy. And these all seem to be wrapped around the uh, emails, the DNC emails, the Podesta emails, the... Hillary Clinton emails that nobody really ever got a hold of, you know, those were the essential truth or facts that there were some emails, mm-hmm. how controversial those really were there. You know, a lot of it from what I saw was this typical stuff that probably goes in on a campaign, but that, that was something you could uh, use to build a conspiracy on. Well, I feel right. like a lot of the the Pizzagate and kind of like Pedogate stuff in general kind of stems from like the Hollyweird kind of thing where, you know, there's there's been accusations against people in Hollywood forever. That oh, yeah. There's like rings of pedophiles and stuff. And that that's like you said, that, that there's some truth to it, right? Like there are like powerful people who abuse children, right? Sure. And this is the thing I've tried to explain to the Pizzagate people is that like <laughs> – you're not wrong. You're just like way too focused on a, f- a red herring, right? Well, there is because the, there is real stuff out there. I mean, the Franklin cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, and it's like, but the thing is, is that like the people who do this like don't try to hide it, right? That's the big thing. Like they're open about it. Like, um, like people knew Roman Polanski was abusing that girl. People knew Jimmy Savile was abusing children. Um, People know that these people are abusing people. People like, uh, who's the, the X-Men guy? Oh, Singer. Brian, Brian yeah, Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah like people, people know this stuff is going on. And like um, even like Jeffrey Epstein and his uh, oh, Lolita. Yeah. I mean, people even had a name for it. The Lolita Express, like his private yeah. plane, where if you wanted to mm-hmm. have which, sex with an underage girl. Of which Trump went to the Lolita Island several times. Yes. Exactly. He was good uh, friends with Jeff Epstein. And, so was Bill Clinton and a bunch of other famous yeah, people. Trump you said know, they had like, similar taste in, in girls. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. he was like, it said that Jeff likes girls who are a little young. And that's. So it was like, you know, it's just like people know that this stuff happens and the people who do it aren't even particularly like secretive about it. Well, the real origin of of a lot of the Pizzagate stuff was that supposed FBI memo that was released simultaneously, right? That had the lingo for the network, supposedly for the pedophile networks. And then that's where everyone drew those conclusions because it used those those words. Yeah. 
And at the end of the, the the end of the day, I mean, the real problem here, guys, it's forget about Pizzagate, for, forget about QAnon. Uh, what we're seeing is uh, a culture of distrust in which uh, everything to some people is a conspiracy. And the problem with that atti attitude, uh, no matter how toxic it is, is that, you know, if everything is a conspiracy, then nothing really is a conspiracy. It really, it, it waters down the meaning of a, what a, of what a conspiracy truly is, you know? Yeah, it's a very good point. Go. Well, I mean, it, it's tough not to fall into that, though, because, like, you know, there, there definitely are conspiracies. I mean, sure, it, you know, I've talked about my politics on this show before, and you know, people who have similar politics to me were, you know, heavily affected by things like COINTELPRO in the sixties uh, and seventies, and like, That's you know, right. like, I mean, they're, you know, the CIA is bad, right? Like, I think we can all agree that the CIA is bad, and they've done a lot of things over the years that classify what people would probably say were conspiracy theories or whatever, but are ended up being totally true in the end. So, I mean, I, I sympathize to some degree with these people, but it's like, it's so weird because it's like they have a distrust of government, but on the same hand, there's this cognitive dissonance where they trust the people that like are in power. It's like, how do you think everything is a conspiracy theory, but like you think that Trump is somehow like believable or that you can trust him for some reason you know it's mm -hmm. like he's the top guy like he's the the guy you shouldn't trust and it, it's almost weird like i was kind of too young in the in the 90s and late 80s to really be a part of conspiracy culture then i know some of you guys are a little older than me but it, it seems like back in the day the conspiracy culture um i don't know it was less like right wingy sort of i don't know it was more just like a general distrust of the government you know i'm thinking like the x-files sort of trust no I, one i would say that people on the left were also conspiratorial which I'm, oh yeah i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing an absence of now but in the 90s yeah conspiracy culture was left wing but in the 90s yeah. there was a very strong right wing conspiracy culture also but i think the a lot yep. of people on the left kind of uh they viewed it at a distance and they would take some little kernels and and you know yeah. but I don't know. There was that fusion paranoia thing too going on. Yeah. And I think um, I heard a good show on a, uh, another podcast about this recently about the Coenzel pro stuff, but um, apparently one of the reasons the left kind of left it alone. And I'm talking about not, not the liberal left. I'm talking about the left, left, the real left. <laughs> yeah. Like they were talking about how they knew it was going on. They knew that there were infiltrators, like some of the highest people in the you know United States communist party were, basically you know agents and but they thought that like they would s triumph somehow it was like this thing where it's like we know they they exist but even so we're we're just the message is going to win you know it doesn't yeah. matter how much the government tries to undermine this and and we know now that that didn't work i mean obviously the, the left is not in a great position in the u.s now and i mean COINTELPRO pro did a terrible Which like blow to it i would say that the COINTEL did probably just the same thing to right-wing groups as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the same tactics were definitely used. But that's shit oh, now, because, like, you have, like, cops and stuff protecting, like, fascist protesters now. 
So it's like, where did that shift happen where all of a sudden it's okay, you know, if you're a Nazi, but it's not okay if you're Antifa, you know? What are you- I, they're in a difficult position with that uh, protest uh, that was there. What uh, just what was the last weekend with the? Uh, yeah, it was yeah, Sunday. Whatever they call it. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, if the cops don't <laughs> try to keep uh, a handle on that, it it would have got ugly real fast. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, because only like twenty of the, the fascists showed up. So. Oh, they. That should be out. <laughs> about it. I love that People, most of them didn't show up because they were like apparently like scared. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like <laughs> you know you better be glad I didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about the mainstream media highlighting these conspiracy theories? I mean, do they do they have to? I mean, I know it makes for good news, but. What has the effect of that been on? Because just think of how many people looked into QAnon who would not have if you well, know, actu- that. And- actually, uh, I just read an article on Wired Magazine, uh, probably it's online uh, if you look for it, about how uh, these mainstream journalists started to think that by covering all these uh, right-wing uh, conspiracy craziness, they help to promote it and they help to uh, make it known, you know, in outside of, of 4chan, outside of, of, of all these, you know, all underground, if you will, you know, uh, uh, websites. Yeah. And one of the things that they were starting to, to uh, that article was starting to propose is that perhaps the, the way in which uh, journalists should try to tackle with this problem is try to treat uh, these memes or these ideas as if they were uh, suicides. You know that that how when when you are covering a, a suicide story, instead of you know describing the suicide in great detail, which will only you know. Uh, uh, foment or, 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 or elicit uh, copycats, try a, 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 and do the same thing, what they do is to try to uh, deliberately omit certain details and also put, uh, you know, a suicide prevention hotline, something like that. So they, uh, in that Wired article, they were promoting this similar approach in order to, to, to address uh, alt right uh, developments, which which in the end, you know, they have to cover it. You know, otherwise, you know, I mean, it's it's part of their job. But at the same time, try to find a, uh, the right balance between covering the story and not to help uh, the story, you know, get uh, publicity. Because first they thought, okay, we're going we're going to make fun of this, right? You know, and and actually yeah. that that not only did not work, you know, it actually backfired, you know, because with, with Trump, it's like with P.T. Barnum, you know, you know, even bad news is good news, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's providing oxy- oxygen, like, uh, exactly. Yeah. During the presidential campaign, I think uh, Hillary brought up, uh, some of the Democrats are bringing up uh, the alt-right now, you know, and Pepe the Frog, <laughs> Yeah. And all that did was just give them more oxygen, and Alex Jones as well. 
think came up during the election. Yeah, I mean, you've got kind of two things going on. I mean, on the sort of alternative news side, like Alex Jones, Cernovich, those guys, they're promoting it. I mean, it's all in bad faith anyway. Like they don't actually believe they're just they're just, you know, they're all hucksters. Like they're promoting well, it so they can sell. You know, does he yeah. believe what he says no. or is he just a, a performance artist as yeah. his lawyers have, you know, yeah. tried to, to, to say in order to keep him you know, secure from all these lawsuits, you know. Yeah, they're I mean, just trying to sell brain pills, you know. They're just trying yeah. to sell, like, gorilla mindset brain pills or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, and on the other hand, like, my problem with the mainstream media reporting on this stuff is that they give it a platform, yeah. right? Because it's like the citrus idea that we have to hear both sides, so we have to understand both sides. And I'm sorry, we, we yeah. actually don't have to hear both sides. Like, I mean, what kind of common ground can you find with people who are like, yeah, my platform is that black people should be forcibly removed from the United States of America and that we should form a white ethno state. Like, how are we supposed to find common ground there? Like, what yeah. what enriches me by hearing that other point of view? And all you're doing is giving them a platform. It's like the Kissler guy, who's the head of Unite the Right, who is uh, who organized the Charlottesville rally last year, was on um, Morning Edition on NPR. You know, like talking to him about his ideas and stuff. I'm like, what does this provide? <laughs> Well, like they're, to anyone. they're way more marginal, but I feel like a lot of the mainstream media is using these very marginal things to kind of blanket and demonize either the whole conspiracy community or kind of the whole right wing. But like you said, they're giving these really marginal people a lot bigger platform. Um, but what I think is ironic is that really the the entire mainstream media is dominated by a conspiracy theory right now and that's the russian collusion and now you know giuliani yep. is even saying uh well collusion isn't a crime because he's trying to get them to say the other c word but they've already discredited conspiracy so much that they don't want to say it's a conspiracy oh uh, okay it's, it's pretty it's it's really strange yeah. i don't know and even that has completely broken people's brains, too. You know, that's that's another example of something that's gone completely out of control. Because, I mean, you know, the only evidence we've really been given of that is that, you know, they, they had like, what, like 40 Facebook accounts that were posting memes and stuff. And it's like, if that's all it took to completely disrupt the United States election, then like... Maybe, maybe it does. Maybe <laughs> that's all it takes. <laughs> if that's all it took, you man, know. that doesn't bode well for our for our future. Go, I mean... Well, 2020, let's just... Let, let's all just uh, do our own thing and get it go, then. Going back to what you were saying, <laughs> going back to what you were saying, Ren, about the mainstream media focusing on these these people and giving them, giving them a platform. QAnon, I think, is now a perfect example of this, right? Because no one really in the mainstream knew what QAnon was. I knew what it was. But now just like the mainstream media, CNN, everybody all the way down to Vice talking about it, doesn't it just give more exposure to it? And yeah, it more does. people are going to get into it. Yeah, you're going to have more like, um, you know, Midwestern boomers you know, getting brain worms, like making Q posters and going out to protest and stuff. That's what's funny. It's it's like it's really grabbed like the boomers. That's been like yes. the big yeah. the people I see yeah. at the protests and stuff. Yeah, that's you know? that's ironic. Yeah, well, maybe maybe what what we need is uh, you know you've seen those probably a few of those uh, videos of Sasha Baron Cohen uh, with his new <laughs> show Who Is oh, America. Yeah. Maybe that's the solution. Maybe the solution is for someone going underground, uh, underground with all these 
groups and making fun of them in such a, you know, bizarre way that when it comes out, you know, I mean, it, it will be completely indefensible. I don't know. Well, let's let's talk about Alex Jones, guys, because this yeah, is, sure. this was a big this is a big deal last week. We're recording this on the fourteenth, so by the time this comes out, this is going to be a little bit of old news. But you know, this was a huge deal, and Facebook, Spotify, and YouTube dropping it. Now I heard today that he tried they tried to put their stuff on Vimeo, and Vimeo took them down. <laughs> So, what's your guys' thoughts on this? You know, like the, Alex Jones. I mean, is he? I mean, is this a good thing that he's being censored, or is this? I mean, is there a free speech? Can he make a free speech case on this? He can host his own videos on his own website with his own money. Well, that's what he does. But yeah, I mean, so I think there he goes. A, that's his platform. There's a larger the, the question, gov- though. The but, government's not shutting him down. Yeah. No, but That's, we're we're becoming so dependent on these forums that the whole civil discussion is going on on these privately owned forums. So, and maybe yeah. that's a bad thing. Yeah, you know? I mean, this might make us really all of us from different perspectives really start to think about what can possibly happen in the future. And if you know it's a bad thing, we're all so dependent on them. Yeah, I mean, I am old enough to remember in the internet before you know YouTube, Facebook. Twitter, that kind of thing, where you had, you know, basically forums, you yeah. know, people kind of were yeah. siloed off into their own individual kind of web spaces and you had websites, you know, you didn't, if you wanted to watch videos for somebody, you had to go to their website to watch their videos. You know, there was no central hosting of this kind of stuff. And, and yeah. also on those websites, you know, they used to be moderators, you know, I, I mm-hmm. worked as a moderator for the Daily Grail for several years. And, you know, it was a standard procedure. You know, if someone was started to, 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 to post shit, you know, and started to create a ruckus, you gave him, you know, a warning, you know, a, you know, you cut it off or else. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, you banned the shit out of the guy. End yeah. of story. Yeah, and you Simply can do that because it's your website. I mean, it's your sandbox, yeah. you know. It's that's my whole- website is my rules, you know. We are trying to create a, 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 a space where civil discourse discussion is permitted you know er- anything goes you know i mean we even had uh, and i t- and i think I, I mentioned this on the on that uh, where did the road go uh, round table we used to have a, a news administrator who used to post uh, articles denying or putting into question the holocaust which made me furious you know, I mean, it was something that I, I, I wouldn't stand. But at the same time, I remember how I, I used to make furious a lot of, uh, uh, of members of the Daily Grail when I posted articles uh, uh, in favor of or, or or promoting the idea of climate change and saying, how dare you, you know. It's, uh, and, you know, that's, that's uh, the idea that, the internet used to be much more siloed off into these individual, like smaller communities. I yeah. think it's one reason you didn't see these type of conspiracies make it into the news like you do today, because now, like you know, what like probably seventy five pulling this out of my out of my ass, but like seventy five percent of people who use the internet, maybe even more. Like the yeah, internet more. is Facebook, Twitter, yeah, it's, YouTube, it's all app Google. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. those platforms. 
And so any kind of idea can spread way more virally and far because everything is so concentrated into these monolithic like platforms. You know, and that that's partially, I think, responsible for why you see these things blow so out of proportion these days. Yeah. So the question is, is Alex Jones the Larry Flint of alternative websites? You know, remember that versus Larry Flint. And the idea was, yeah, we need to defend Larry Flint and his right to publish a really lousy, you know, uh, pornographic magazine that not even his own lawyer liked. Because if Larry Flint discovered, then that means everybody else is. Should we treat Alex Jones the same? My point of view is that when it comes to Alex Jones, the, a line was crossed. A line was crossed when uh, uh, his stuff started to promote uh, illicit violence in, in, in his listeners. Yeah, you know, like we we talk about this guy who went uh, guns blazing uh, on Comet Ping Pong, you know, looking to liberate the children from from the underground pedophile ring, and and we know that there was a guy uh, who who uh, was involved in a in a massacre in Canada, and you know when they searched his uh, laptop, there was all a bunch of 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 of, of things and. and <coughs> from Alex Jones and also that, that if you go and, 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 and visit Infowars all these comments of people saying yeah we need to start killing people and you know you need yeah. you know guns blazing and and that is the kind of stuff that in, in my web in, in our website the Daily Grail you know you 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 will get banned in a microsecond and and this guy permitted that and 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 we also have talked about the Sandy Hook thing and how not only did he kept uh, promoting this falsehood and these things that hurt, the uh, harmed the, the, the parents of, uh, who lost their children, who can no longer go and visit their children's graves for fear of being harassed or being threatened by, by people who are absolutely convinced that they are crisis actors. But let's face it, we, he also uh, benefited from benefited from that because you know infowars for from for him is a huge cash cow in fact you know we could also talk about maybe later about how probably the problem with alex jones is that he kept feeding that beast you know over the years he need in order to remain at the top of of, of this uh, of of this uh, at the pinnacle of conspiracy you know world he kept feeding the beast and in order to keep feeding the beast you need to go Go and and and, send, uh, and 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 say the the most atrocious things. Maybe you know. Maybe the Alex Jones of 1998 will be totally appalled by the things that Alex Jones in 2018 says. I don't know. Well, I but, would say he was always I, insurrectionary. I mean, the whole message is kind of this. You know, it's a leftover, I think, from the 90s stuff. And I remember after some of the incidents in the 90s, Oklahoma City bombing, especially, there was a big uh, uh, demonization of the right-wing conspiracy Bill Cooper types when, when that happened. So, you know, I think it's kind of the same thing going on now, but I'd say he was always insurrectionary. I mean, that's kind of the... That's what I got from him. Mm-hmm. So I'd say he always promoted violence. He was that. But there's also, with Alex Jones, he also tended to change over time. I mean, I, I, can, remember, oh, yeah. I can remember listening to him 
I, I think he's more him? he's more head his head's on fire these days than he was years ago. Right. Yeah, like yeah. 2006, 2007, I think is when I first started listening to Alex Jones. Back then, you know, he was all about 9-11 truth. He was all about how 9-11 was an inside job uh, that did not, incidentally mm-hmm. enough, involve Muslims. And then all of a sudden, when Obama became president, you start seeing him just creep slowly to the mainstream right wing. Whereas before, yeah. he was kind of a pox in both your houses guys, which, guy, which is what I really appreciated about him. But then he started talking about how, you know, Al-Qaeda and Muslims and this and that. And they, But then he still would believe, you know, well, 9-11 was an inside job. So how, you know, Muslims were involved. And it's just so you just get this kind of like cognitive dissonance. If you look at things that he said before and things that he said. He he said after, and I think that he started with the with the Tea Party. He just became more and more that mainstream. Yeah, he was guy. always an underdog, and I think he saw that he could be more. Right. And he just greedy. I'm sure yeah. he's making tons of money. Super male vitality. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, a PT Barnum mindset, you know. Like yeah, he just I, saw that there were suckers, and he, yeah, yeah. he knew that they were born every day, you know. And he was going for him. It was that carny mindset. But Sometimes the problem is that, it, that uh, same cognitive dissonance, I, I, I perceived it uh, among, you know, even, even you know, members of our own circles. You know, you know uh, the podcast we used, we, we tend to listen, or that I used to listen, you know. It started to slowly become more and more and more radicalized, you know, uh, uh, and until, you know, they've they're, they're become full alt-right. Were you say, I was going to mention. I was going to mention. Uh, sometimes I get the sense of something more insidious or orchestration going on. You know, conspiracy <laughs> between some of these, uh, especially with Pizzagate. I think I touched on this a little bit in the article. Is that uh, it seems like the same talking points get rolled out at the same time? And I saw that going back and looking at. Uh, Pizzagate, uh, you know, how it started was uh, one of them was uh, Cernovich in his car in D.C. driving. He's going to Comet Ping Pong. He's heard this stuff about uh, Pizzagate. And it seemed to be the same talking point that Alex Jones used. By God, I'm going to get on the next plane and go to uh, this Comet Ping Pong and find out what's going on there. (laughs) And uh, then you, I started looking some more on Jack Prosaic, however you say his name. He did the same song and dance. He's in his car. He's talking about, Pete, you know, Comet Ping Pong. He's getting, you know, all this uh, was happening around the same time. I saw a lot of this wrapped around the campaign, and I talked about it in an interview, uh, you know, during the campaign period. Um jumped out to me. I wasn't really following uh, Alex Jones, but sometimes I've listened to Jeff Rents, if you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of just, controversy just about a, him. <laughs> yeah, just oh, to yeah. get, you know, perspective. I've been listening to him for years, and over time, he got, he's gone more and more <laughs> to these same type of uh, talking points we hear, but uh, during the election, I'd be listening off and on to rents and like one night i heard him come up with uh, we know the election election's going to be rigged 
And I swear to God, it wasn't uh, a day or two later that I heard Trump say that the first time. Mm-hmm. And there was several incidents of that, and I was going, "What's what's going on? Is he listening <laughs> to Jeff Renson?" It was probably the same messages, the same stuff that Alex Jones was. Uh, so I think. It, there's a high probability there's a lot of coordination going on there. I think part of I don't it know too if it's coordination, or it's people falling in the same uh, uh, trap all over, over and over again. We're talking about conspiracies. What about what I mean? The, the grandmother of all conspiracies, which is the the protocols of the elders of Zion, mm-hmm. you know, which has been used since uh, the Bolshevik Revolution in in, in Russia, mm-hmm. was also used in Nazi Germany. And it's basically something that you know it's all happening, all keeps happening and recurring in 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 the alternative websites. And I'm gonna say it, you know, is anti-Semitism. Yeah, I I, I, I hear that, but uh, when we talk about manipulations and influence campaign and a lot of the tinkering that was going around in Facebook, and if you go down that rabbit hole with. Cambridge Analytica and what they were up to yeah. like a, mm-hmm. a year or two before the uh, campaign they had actually come up with some of these things uh, one of them was it was it wasn't locker up but it was like Hillary for prison and it, they're yeah. also testing out build the wall and this is before yeah. uh, Trump was really on their radar a lot of the money behind Cambridge Analytica was behind uh, early on Ted Cruz, so, yeah. you know, it's just they've amped up a lot of these uh, influence campaigns and manipulating a lot of the stuff that was going on at Facebook at the time. I Hackles went up on my, my neck, and a lot of us did, like, the surveys, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. do that many because they seemed like it's like, who gives a <laughs> shit about a survey? What rock star would you be? Aeroplane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this and that, but they were gathering uh, data on people, and anybody who did one of those surveys, uh, they were able to vacuum the information on them yeah. and any of their friends. So it was yeah. a huge intelligence uh, gathering thing, and yeah. part of part of it. Uh, and Greg at the Daily Grill has written a pretty good short ebook uh, called weaponizing uh, facebook and one of the complaints yeah. i remember being on facebook and somebody one of my friends would uh, get on there and say why am i not seeing certain posts here you know what what's going on are other people having this problem and apparently they were doing some tests on different uh, subjects on facebook by kind of uh, showing them uh, stories or Th- uh, things that would get people riled up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to increase so it, engagement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's, it's it's sort well, of rabbit hole for sure. Follow the one rabbit <laughs> Something I've thought about, too, um, like the allure of, of conspiracy theories like Pizzagate to some of these people like, uh, like Jack Prilosek and Cernovich is like, they, I think they know on some level that it's not real. Right. Oh, of course they do. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and part of the allure of that is that it can never be proven or disproven. So they can run 
the the sham as long as they possibly can. Like they can they can milk it forever. And you know that's the thing. Like Cernovich getting in his car and be like, "I'm gonna go check this out." Like he knows there's nothing there at Comet Pinball. He's doing it. He's doing it because he knows there's nothing there. He knows that there's no risk, right? There's nothing. But like when you hear that, you know, the the U.S. government is putting little kids in in like you know baby concentration camps and drugging them, and there's like you know these immigrant girls who are just disappearing into the night. I didn't see Cernovich, uh, you know, getting in his car and loading up his AR-15 to head out and you know liberate the immigrant children. I'm going to say this. This is something that um, I've thought about for a while. You bring a good point there up there, Ren, about the immigrant children. It seems to me that on the right wing that they are okay if this happens to non-white people. It doesn't make their radar. Okay, so case in point. So you have Waco in 1993. Mm-hmm. Well, in 1985, what was it? Move in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. The same exact thing happened. It was a religious cult. They had children in their little compound there on the street. They were burnt out by the um, the Philadelphia police. Firebombed. Firebombed. Helicopters. The same thing happened. Basically, the same thing happens at Waco. Well, that wakes up all of white America, that this could happen to them. But things like what had happened with Move or to Fred Hampton or to anything that had happened in the black communities or the Hispanic communities, nobody cared. Tumbleweeds. And I think that it's like this is because this is happening to white people or Pizzagate is something that is happening to white children. Yeah, that's a it's it's underground. It's there as a subtext, but I think that it's like they don't care until it happens to a white person yeah. or a white community. Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're right on the money there. I mean that, and and also too. Um, where was going to go with this? Like, I think like when something is out in the open like that, they're not willing to contest it because they don't. Like, because ultimately they want to run like a conspiracy that can't be proven, right? Because they well, want to keep they it going consistent, for as long as possible. They like a conspiracy would, that affects but they're not them. consistent. Yeah, yeah. And it affects them. Yeah, it gets yeah. people's emotions up. I think it's this, like the Jade Helm stuff reminded me of something that you mentioned. Like, the Jade Helm stuff was ridiculous because <laughs> it's like, for what reason would these people be going through like white... <laughs> white middle-class America and rounding up people and putting them in Walmarts. Like it, it speaks to this sense that a lot of these, cause the most of the people that's what we got to remember too. And I, I said this before about Trump voters and stuff. It's, it's not the poor, right? It's, it's not like the poorest people who are into this kind of stuff or, or into these conspiracy theories. It's like the middle-class small business owner guys, you know, the people with a pool, like the people who have something to lose, mm-hmm. because I think they know that, you know, on some level, everything they have is ill-gotten, that it's gotten off the backs of, of immigrants and of people of color. And that ever-present sense of anxiety, I think, colors the reason why they get into a lot of these conspiracy theories. Because they're they're eternally afraid that something's going to swoop in and take their ill-gotten gains from them. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to take their SUV... You know, and their and, and their big house, <laughs> with air conditioned. Therefore, 
climate change is something that the Chinese invented. Yeah. Well, and to add to what I just said, too, I want to add, too, that, you know, these things like Jade Helm that they're talking about in FEMA camps, well, something like that already happened in American history. Yeah. With the Japanese <laughs> internment camps. Yeah. But who cares? Since A, they weren't white, and B, we don't study history. Yeah. 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 Well, something having to do with the anti-Semitism and all the all the uh, the pedophile conspiracies is the the history, the long history of, of blood libel, which was that Jews required the blood of Christian children, and this yeah. that you know had a big impact in. in in all of uh, you know Middle Ages to uh, oh, yeah. to I think the Bolshevik Revolution too. I mean, it's you're seeing that you're seeing that now, essentially being retold like what Adam said with the McMartin preschool case. Yeah, it's the same thing. All that yeah. stuff has been retold now into the latest incarnation is something like QAnon, right? Because we're battling the satanic elite pedophile ring. Yeah, yeah, because I mean. Like, let's be honest, when when these people like Alex Jones and, and Cernovich and Prilosec, when they say globalists, like yeah. they're talking <laughs> about Jewish people. OK, like, it's a <laughs> dog Jewish. whistle. Yeah, they're Jewish like, bankers, yeah. Yeah. Like that's who they're talking about. And and I mean, this even goes back to the U.S. I mean, um, you know, Henry Ford gave out copies of the International Jew at his factories. Uh, Hitler had a copy of it. You know, it's like this is a long standing tradition. Like you said, it goes all the way back to the Middle Ages. Yes, it does. Henry Ford had a picture of Adolf Hitler on his office. <laughs> oh, he loved Hitler. He was a big Hitler fanboy. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you see, and when you study conspiracy enough and you study all this, you can see how the story essentially remains the same, but the players that are blamed are different yeah. each and every time. And, and to go Riley's point, it does smell on some level, like at some level, not, not the Cernovich level, not the Alex Jones level, but at some level, somebody's using these memes to manipulate society, right? Like that's the real conspiracy that somebody's yeah. taking these existing like frameworks of conspiracy and then just kind of shifting the pieces around every couple decades to get whatever they want done. Well, they yeah, all work on the fear of the other. Yeah, these conspiracies will utilize uh, whatever new technology is at their disposal. You know, these first there were books and pamphlets and flyers, you know, mm-hmm. on the streets. Then was the radio. Then came uh, movies and television. And now, you know, we have the internet, and we we see this immediacy in which these things can be spread and become. Um, viral so quickly that's that's why you know the the, the mainstream media is so uh, at a loss you know and saying well okay what do we do you know <laughs> well let me ask you guys this i'll throw this out and whoever wants to take it first but where do we go from here with this you know in this in the kind of the conspiracy community how do we kind of get this back to where we are actually researching serious events and serious things again you know because I, I was talking to a friend of mine today that's been on this show many times and he was talking about he's he's, re, he's re, uh, working on a book series and he's really been pretty diligent about getting all his sources and everything correct 
So he was telling me today, you know, share with these guys that, you know, you, you got to have your, your sources, you got to be able to cite and not to have it just where it's just some nebulous un, unknown that say, well, they are doing this or this person is, you know, you know it, it, take it into somewhere that's it's serious research again. Yeah, but nobody cares about citing sources. Like, no, I mean, you know, like, well, I know, people, like, <laughs> like, your friend, but nobody reads the citations, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, is the problem is the problem just that it's become too mainstream that this really isn't supposed to be as mainstream as it is now? Yeah. Somebody on the on Twitter, you know, wanted me to almost to say that yeah, every any kind of uh, irrational uh, belief or irrational idea should be banned from the internet, which is like saying okay, you know, you you want full censorship of anything that goes that goes or could go against the mainstream or the status quo, and you know that not only exacerbates the problem because there's nothing more alluring than whatever is being forbidden. And but I don't also, see how that would even be possible to do. Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like saying that, you know, uh, believing in Santa Claus, you know, has the potential of, of turning your kids into, you know, sociopaths or, or, or serial killers. <laughs> That's <laughs> imbecilic. You know, I think... Uh, but I feel that we, on the alternative world, you know, we became too complacent. We did let someone like Alex Jones go unchecked because we were of the idea of okay, let's all let's all just focus on 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 our Bigfoot, on our Loch Ness monster, and our UFOs, and let's leave politics aside. It was all, all, almost something that Greg Taylor used to tell the news administrators. You know, people don't come to our website to read about politics, so leave politics aside. And and the problem with that approach is that in the end, you let all these guys go unchecked, and yeah. next thing you know, you know, Infowars is the uh, 400-pound gorilla dominating uh, alternative circles in the internet, and there's no way in which you can contest with them you know so now now there there's there's this thing that happened you know this uh kind of censorship against Alex Jones, which is not really you know full censorship because like you guys said you know he still has his website he's the both fans will still find a way to to get yeah. that content but, yeah. but i feel yeah probably on our side we probably need to to do a bit of um soul searching and realizing yeah we need to we need to police the kind of content that goes around in our sequels more. We need to. We we cannot let that uh, be the work only of the skeptics, you know. Because when we were fighting the Randy and we were fighting Dawkins and Sherman and all this, meanwhile, you know, Breitbart News and Infowars became these huge monsters. Yeah, I, well, I mean, think like like what Ren was saying about the, it, I think it's just unbalanced as far as the political spectrum, and that you don't have the other side visible. All you have is these ultra right people into it. But like when I was growing up, I was real left wing, and I would read like Covert Action Quarterly, and you know that side <laughs> of things, and that's where I got introduced to majority of conspiracy theory. But I also had access to like 
uh, talk radio and cable access news and understood the 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 really right-wing stuff going on at the same time and you know but now it's just so dominated by the extreme right that i think that's the the major problem well it's like my good friend josh kutchin says you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube and i think that part of the problem like i mentioned earlier in the show is that you have the sort of meme sphere that exists on the internet now is so condensed in such a small number of like massive, you know, multi-million user platforms that there really is like nothing you can do at this point in terms of that. Like my, and my sort of, I'm going to go completely on a, on a different direction than red pill. And I think that my strategy, what I would suggest is that we need to make it worse. Like there needs like let's say QAnon let's let's put this out here that QAnon is just like a disinformation like counterintelligence kind of thing right made meant to make people look stupid like mm-hmm. let's just dial that up to like a hundred and like every week there'll be like a new crazy conspiracy theory that goes viral until it's until there's so much noise that there's absolutely no signal. That can be found, and people don't know what to believe. And I think at that point, <laughs> isn't that already happening? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's already already happening. I mean, I'm talking we're about already like, there, man. I'm talking about worse than that, you know. So it gets to the point where no like one knows. God, Rand, anything. what are you doing? <laughs> I know this is this is very Nick Land acceleration kind of stuff, but I mean, I don't know. Like that sounds like dialectics to a, me. Another kind of answer because it's like, you know, even if people who care more about like citing sources and providing proper information and in police in our own communities like you know people like alex jones and and these other people already have millions of people who are on their side like i mean it's just like you know nothing's going to change that yeah. like no you, you no one is citations, they give their citations and their sources yeah. you know a few things yeah. what you just said or they just call you a disinfo agent or agent. I think of the this state. might like, be a phase, though. I mean, we're dealing with people who are who've just been politicized by the internet and by you know a lot of these people don't have that grasp of history. Don't have you know they especially just general history. They don't understand the history of the conspiracy culture. Or, you know, I don't. I don't know. I think I, I have some hope that this is just kind of growing pains and that a lot of people will feel like they've been duped and things might get better. I mean, hopefully. I, and on the other hand, like if we want to, okay. So this is my thing. If people want to put forward ideas about conspiracy culture, because obviously there are conspiracies, and you know, there are real things going on behind the scenes. I just think people have to look at it. They have to depoliticize it, and they have to look at it from, uh, you know, sort of a use this word a marxist dialectic right (laughs) what i mean by that is alex jones ain't gonna like that is that that history is shaped by by the material conditions of people right i would tell you to go back to russia but you just end up there with the rest of the the right wing so exactly i don't want to go back to russia now russia's not the not the good place so uh (laughs) You know, history is shaped by the material conditions of people, right? Like, it's shaped by the kind of internal struggle while we still live under a capitalist system of, of workers and, and owners, right? And it's ultimately a conflict between poor and rich. 
And I think if people yeah. understood that better and understood that that there are rich people and they manipulate you and they play on your fears and they play on your insecurities and your racism and everything in order to keep you where you're at and make themselves richer, I think people would be better served by conspiracy at that point. Because that's the only real conspiracy, right? Is that the rich want to get richer and they want to keep you poor and make you poor, you know? I don't disagree with that, Ren. Yeah, I, I do not know. disagree with that. I don't necessarily I agree ask either. I mean, because I feel that the, the rich are also a players in in this game, and they're not really winning. You know, I mean, I I don't see them. Uh, I mean, obviously they have more material wealth, but they're mm-hmm. also being manipulated by the game. So, I mean, who is controlling the game? I don't. My answer is that no one is controlling the game. It's a self perpetuation ma- machine. Alan Moore you says. Know. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, that, may be, yeah. that, that may be is true. the real the thing that scares conspiracy theorists the most. The idea that a there is no big cabal, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the locomotive is running by itself and no one is at the, at the wheel. Yeah. Well, there's several cabals is the way that I would put it, but they're yeah. all fighting each other and they're all jockeying for position, and therefore nobody is at the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh. that that all could be true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but ultimately, like, I mean, I don't know. I disagree with Red Pill. I think the rich are, are doing pretty good. I mean, I think we've seen, like, the highest concentration of wealth in the fewest sure. hands in the history of our planet. In sure, history sure, of our sure. But, but you, uh, I mean, as, are they, yeah, they're richer. Are they happier? Well, they're going to be happier when the seas are boiling. <laughs> And they've got oh, their yeah, compounds yeah, to retreat into. Gonna be a, that's yeah, going to be a hoot when they have to go to New Zealand and and hide in their bunkers. You know, they, they're going to have the time of their lives. Yeah. But, I mean, um, we're going to be the ones boiling alive. So. Go rightly. Do you have any solutions? <sighs> well, you guys touched on some good points. I Nope. <laughs> well, I think... I think not, well, I'd say... Yeah, you know, it's education, this conversation we're having. Yeah, yeah. The article I wrote, uh, you know, some people like uh, one of you guys said, it's always going to, when you uh, state facts and back things up to some people, it, it depends on how much they're invested in <laughs> whatever particular theory or belief system. They're going to think you're their enemy and they're going to, you know. Mm-hmm basically uh, phase out whatever you say to them. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just an education thing uh, where we can enlighten people about, uh, you know, how people can be manipulated in whatever way, you know, from social media or however they get their uh, propaganda. I don't know what more we can do. I wanted to ask you, Adam, about – whether uh, what you think the some of those classic Discordians guys who are you know actively uh, trolling basically would think yeah. of kind of how this is the types of things they did back then you know if they did them now with the, this media landscape and these consequences you know would they have thought differently about it? What would Kerry Thornley do? <laughs> <laughs> well. Greg Hill, the founder of uh, Discordianism, he'd be horrified that, uh, you know, people are uh, 
saying that uh, some a lot of people have compared the whole peppy thing to what the Discordians, but it kind of, it really morphed over uh, time. And you know, what is a Discordian? It uh, it's whatever you want it to be. But but back when Hill and Thornley and Robert Anton Wilson were you know doing a lot of their pranks, it was one thing. It was always in a kind of lighthearted way, and part of it was just uh, at least their perspective is to break people out of mindsets, you know, look things in a different way. That's what was behind some of the pranks where they'd write, uh, you know, Operation Mindfuck. They'd uh, send out these prank letters to whatever the John Birch Society or, <laughs> you know, far right wing Christians and this kind of uh, yank them <laughs> with the, uh, usually humor. Or to you know just to tweak them a bit to say what the hell is this all about you know because they were pretending at one time and another that's how the whole Bavarian Illum Illuminati Operation Mindfuck thing started was during the uh, Garrison investigation uh, there was a lot of different uh, you know Thornley got wrapped up in the uh, whole Garrison investigation Garrison. Uh, thought he was, uh, or claimed that uh, Thornley was like one of these, uh, one of the second Oswalds and was somehow involved in a conspiracy, but uh, he had all the, Garrison had all these ind independent investigators and coming to him and feeding him information, and Garrison clomped on to a lot of different stuff, and one of these investigators, a guy named Alan Chapman, his theory was that the Bavarian Illuminati was behind the JFK assassination, that they were behind all the major television networks. And back then, when Thornley and uh, Hill and Wilson heard about that, they thought it was hilarious. And that's kind of what <laughs> launched their whole thing. And they adopted uh, their Bavarian Illuminati Discordian names. Uh, let's see. Wilson was Mordecai the Fowl and... Uh, Thornley was Omar Khayyam Ravenhurst, and they they do what they call japes, where and you know this is before way before <laughs> emails and social media, where they pick a certain individual on a certain date, and this these networks of Discordians would say on this date we're going to send this person a letter, make it whatever you want, you know, <laughs> some strange poems, some artwork, and bombard <laughs> these people, and, you know, person, and see what their reaction is. Sometimes it was somebody they were, they liked an article, somebody would written in a newspaper, or, you know, thought something else they'd seen from a politician or whatever on TV. And so anyway, that, that was kind of, what initiated uh, their pranks back then. It was always done in a lighthearted way, you know, where in recent times, uh, I think, like I said, Greg Hill, the founder of Discordianism, would be horrified <laughs> at uh, uh, what some people uh, who identify themselves as Discordians nowadays that had got involved in Gamergate and mm -hmm. all these other doxing and trolling activities. That was never the design with the original uh, people that were involved in Discordianism. Yeah. Do you think that maybe on some level they were a little naive about it, though? Cause it's oh, like yeah. 
Obviously. You said that that they um you know they wanted to break people free of like you know their their it caused like self introspection and that sort of thing. But I don't think most people do that. Like even when confronted well, with things that are you know that cause cognitive dissonance, most people aren't willing to like introspect. No, I don't think they really uh, saw where this was going. Basically, one of the things that came out of the uh, 60s and with these Wilson, Kerry Thornley, and guys like this was like, you know, it was during the Vietnam War and all that turmoil that, uh, and, uh, you know, that uh, whatever uh, politics and... uh, police violence and everything that was going down on that era. They were trying to break break free of that, you know, and create their own reality. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. We'll create our own reality. And uh, according to different observers that po- pointed this out, that, that kind of gave rise to, uh, you know, the baby boom generation, this whole concept that could be, you could identify with Trump now. Where nothing really is reality. I make my own reality on a day by day basis, and it's very yeah. mutable depending yeah. on, on right, the whatever. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and so, yeah, that's the failing of that uh, generation, I think. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to get into. I, I did want to read this to close this out, guys. Um, this. Uh, uh, and, and, and Adam, this combines um, both your expertise. Um, this was a Facebook post that I saw yesterday. It said, if you overlay the congressional districts over the California fires, they line up with Republican-held districts that do not harbor illegals. The deranged left and the deep state are literally <laughs> trying to burn us out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no correlation with rural areas that would be more prone to fire. Voting that, Republican, well, yeah, of that, course. That could be one of the uh, things. Well, uh, first of all, I'd have to look at the map and see if that's actually true, what they're uh, stating. But that normally the case, the fires are in the mountains and rural areas. More recently, you know, they started to encroach in the cities. So, yeah, you could bring up that point. But, yeah, that's just where the fires burn at a a lot of the time. Uh, so uh, yeah, what are they that, saying? That Mexicans are more flammable? <laughs> <laughs> so, so because of all the, the hot food I, we eat? You know, some of the insidious shit I see, too, I follow. When I hear a fire break in California, sometimes I'll see something on uh, Twitter. So I'll uh, I use TweetDeck. I'll add something, a column for that fire and Several times now I've seen where you get, you know, people, homeowners, news outlets, they're tweeting about the fire. Then all of a sudden you get these trolls that jump in there that are tagging the fire, but they also have, you know, the anti-immigrant messages and all this other shit. So that, you know, that's still going on quite a bit in uh, Twitter, social media. I sent that picture to you, oh. so check it out. See if uh, well, see if they are indeed true. Well, you sent it to my true. email. Oh, send well, it to you. Oh, see my all Skype. of this in 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 Jungian terms. You know that America is finally confronting its shadow. You know, it's you know something that all these things, this uh, racism and these prejudices against minorities that have been pent up and have been bottled 
up and, and, and kept on the wraps for so long. And, and because of Trump, you know, some people felt the liberty to finally go and, 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 and display what they've always felt about the Mexicans and about uh, homosexuals and about Jews and about all these minorities. So, so maybe, you know, this confrontation of, of America with its shadow will, if, if properly managed, could, could bring about something positive in the end. You know? Because always, you know, confronting your shadow in the end, it's, it's challenging, but it's something necessary. Hey, how do I look at this thing? I, d I don't see yeah, the we, uh, photo. Okay, yeah, I sent it over to your Skype. It should be just in your messages. Hmm. But I'll, I'll send it to your email. Uh, one of the things, Red Pill, uh, to add to that is that I remember when Trump got elected, I um, was talking about a scene from I, Claudius, hmm. where he had um because nero was going to be he left the empire to nero because he knew that nero's mom mm -hmm. was going to kill him and that um he knew nero was going to be so bad that the romans eventually would clamor to um restore mm -hmm. the republic and that was um he said that all the evils that are in the mud hatch out and I think that's what's happened. I think that it's made, it's put things in uh, very apparent. All these things that have been on this, on the below the surface have now kind of risen yep. to the surface. It's the great awakening. So, yeah. Well, what the, the, the word apocalypse well, means revelation. I was uh, guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, let's go down the line. We'll start with uh, with Adam. Uh, tell us what uh, is next for you guys and uh, where people can next find for you. us guys <laughs> or for for you. Um, different book projects I'm working on. Uh, Red Pill knows about one of them. He's probably wondering <laughs> where the hell it is, but it'll be uh, forever coming <laughs> coming out shortly with. Uh, co-wrote with Greg uh, Bishop, almost said Greg Hill, with Greg Bishop on the uh, UFO contactees. So it's all written, done. It's it's in the layout yeah. uh, mode now, so it won't be uh, too much longer. We'll get that out. Uh, then I've uh, written another book that's almost done. I believe uh, Greg there at the, the uh, Daily Grail is going to uh, publish it. It's on UFO disinformation, and you kind of know about that. I talked to you about that before, Adam. I think that that's yeah. about mm -hmm. that's about yeah. how's that how's that downward stuff coming? Well, that'll along? be after I get these books out of the way. Then I'll look at doing the downward <laughs> thing uh, next year. Yeah, Surfiel is all about downward. <laughs> what, the, what the deal was with that? I got the manuscript, and this is an unpublished downward manuscript. You might have seen uh, posted something about it, the Historia Discordia site, and it's it's just been a long process of moving this to uh, different stages. And anyway, uh, anyway, I've I've heard you yeah. talk about it. I'm oh, just yeah. giving you a hard time. So hopefully. Uh, Next year, and I'm also uh, going to appear in a movie that'll be released uh, here in uh, October called "The Hill and the Hole." 
I yeah. saw the trailer. It looks really cool. So that's about it. A lot of things that are close cool. to uh, being done and coming out. And red pill for you? I don't know. I guess uh, keep doing <laughs> what I'm doing. You know, writing articles for the Daily Grail and Mysterious Universe. Uh, there's something about. Well, probably shouldn't uh, talk. Something involving uh, Mysterious Universe. Uh, which uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, wait for it, you know. It's, it's, it's going to be cool. And uh, what else, you know? Well, I have my own website, Absurd by Design, you know. This kind of like the, the place where I uh, put plugs on other stuff, like my art commissions and, and things like that, like the, the, the book covers that I tend to do, like, like the one I did for uh, Greg and Adam, which I'm, I'm very proud of. And, and you know for future projects so yeah, yeah. if if uh, trump doesn't you know bring us to nu- nuclear armageddon with north korea you know i guess uh, i'll try to keep doing that <laughs> that's be a good thing yeah and hopefully it ran um, for you i maintain a ill frequently updated blog at uh, liminalroom.com um, i'm mostly on twitter uh, at mr underscore apol and I do have a Discord community if people are interested in talking about the occult or uh, paranormal stuff. And if you'd like an invite, just hit me up on Twitter. Hey, l- let, me, let me give you a quick Thank analysis of much. this map here. Yeah. yeah, it does fall in most of the conservative uh, congressional areas or whatever you want to call them. But that's normally where a lot of the fires happened in california last year you had yeah, fires yeah. in napa you know the wine county and that's that's more uh you know democratic uh con- so yeah <laughs> it just ends but normally yeah that's you're having these fires in the more rural area correlation does that's, not equal that's, causation that's my analysis <laughs> yeah something like that right <laughs> Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, We're going to close this section out. Stay on the line for us, and we will be right back to close out the show on Conspiracy Normal. That was a pretty marathon, man. That was pretty epic. Yeah, that was that was amazing, man. That was great. Yeah, that was a that was definitely three good guys to talk about what, this this topic with. Um, any insights that you got, or anything that you uh, wanted to kind of hit on, real quick? I mean, that? it was it was really well rounded. Everyone had a unique perspective, and uh, yeah, I mean, the it didn't it didn't leave me with any. Uh, 
with anything I thought lacked at all. It was it was uh, really all across the board, you know, mm-hmm. review of the current state of conspiracy culture and the how it's been weaponized by political interests. And we've de- we've definitely talked about that as far as with like Ken Thomas uh, talked about that in both interviews that we that we've done with him, and I. It's it's very interesting times right now. That apparently, I think this is uh, I just saw somebody posting on Facebook that Alex's Alex Jones's site had just gotten uh, Infowars had just gotten hacked. Oh wow! And uh, got taken down. So this is uh, this is definitely a war against against Alex Jones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there's going to be some real. I, I don't know. I, it's kind of scary to think about what he might do or what well, some what people he, might he's going to inspire possibly. inspire yeah that's I, i'm really wondering if they are really are just pouring fuel on the fire and just making him a hero like you said before yeah it's it's legitimizing everything he's saying mm-hmm. i mean because uh, a lot of people aren't going to look at it the same way that we're looking at it with it being a private company and and all that. Oh no, because that's all they know. Their whole, the entire civil discussion to these people is going on on yes. Facebook and YouTube. After that, yes. it's gone. You know, and that's cool because we really touched on that and like the rise of an app-centric internet. And uh, these are things I, you know, I, I thought before all this that we really need to come to grips with the stuff, and hopefully, all this is going to be getting hashed out as far as how we. Uh, are so dependent on these forums and just promoting, uh, you know, people's individual websites and stuff like that, you know? I did think it was interesting, something that I found out, because, you know, Pizzagate had to do a lot with uh, Tony Podesta, about Tony and John Podesta. Yeah. That was part of it. Well, did you know that Podesta, Tony Podesta is actually being investigated by 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 Mueller right now? No, I did not know that. Because he is uh see so this is the deal with Podesta. It isn't got anything to do with pedophilia or anything like that or whether or not they kidnapped Madeline McCann or something like that. But this is what's going on with the uh says that uh, in April 2017, the Podesta Group retroactively filed new lobbying reports to the Justice Department that revealed more about its work for the European Center for a Modern Ukraine, a center founded by three senior members of the pro-Russia Party of Regions. On October 23, 2017, Tony Podesta was reportedly facing criminal inquiry in Robert Mueller's investigation regarding this lobbying campaign, which ran between 2012 and 2014. On October 30th, 2017, Tony Podesta announced that he would leave the Podesta Group. On July 31st, 2018, it was reported that Democratic lobbyist Tony Podesta was referred for, by Special Counsel Robert Mueller to federal prosecutors for investigation in New York. And so this has connections with... Yeah, so in 2017, Tony Podesta came under scrutiny for failing to disclose the extent of his political work for a Ukrainian group tied to both advisor Paul Manafort, mm-hmm. whose trial is going on right now, and to the pro, pro-Russian pro 
Ukrainian President Viktor Yanukovych in 2012. Yanukovych is the one that they threw out in 2014. Yeah, yeah. which is strange because especially, you know, Hillary Clinton's State Department was very anti-Russian, pro-Ukrainian uh, independence, yeah. et cetera, Maidan. Yep. So, yeah. But, of course, they would, you know, if they're really seeking to influence our political system, they would not just choose one side. They're going to try to work every angle possible. Sure. And I think, too, that Tony Podesta being a lobbyist, Paul Manafort is also a lobbyist. All these guys that are being investigated are all lobbyists. And their master is money. It's yep, not, exactly. It's not it's not politics or anything like that. They they all seem to be on that really the same side of just greed. Uh so I did find that interesting that Mueller is Mueller's investigation is looking into Tony Podesta, but it has nothing to do with this QAnon stuff. You know? But it's gonna be but used it's there. by them. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm sure it will. Actually, I, I haven't heard anything about that. And apparently this has been going on for a while. That he, But, but people probably think that, oh, they're being investigated because they're these satanic pedophiles or something like that. You know, and, and, and one thing I do want to say, I mean, I think Ren brought this up and I'll say it again. You know, this I think that this stuff does exist. When we talked about the McGowan book, you know, there was a lot of interesting stuff in that book to lend that there are these pedophile networks. They are out there. And they are connected to powerful, rich people. Right. But we don't know specifically which ones. And we right. don't really honestly, what we don't really honestly have the proof. And that's the thing is that you, you got to have some proof. Like Pizzagate just kind of went, it eventually just came to a halt. Or it was allowed to come to a halt because, it, you know, it, 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 it lends credence to what a lot of people were saying were criticizing Pizzagate at the time for being a political ploy that it just stopped it didn't galvanize the, the population to maybe look into stopping sex trafficking in their own town or trying to to do something about it as a worldwide movement as a matter of fact there are people out there they're still trying to do that but you know, where are all the people that were getting up in arms about, about Pizzagate back in the day? So I think you got to look at this stuff and you got to look at it critically and you got to not try to fall into the propaganda trap. And it's just, just so much mess and so much noise. You know, what did, uh, all along the watchtower tower, too much confusion. I can't get no relief. I mean, that's, that's really what's going on. I uh, I really liked Go Rightly saying how um, the that kind of that Discordian meddling, um, how you know their their psychedelic idealism uh, kind of did run its course though, and that you know that's it's something I was really influenced by, but I very quickly you know began to see the. Uh, the holes and the real world implications of of a lot of that thinking even though i really do look up to people like robert anton wilson and stuff but yeah you know and who knows this this new generation of 4chan trolls you know maybe a lot of them are self-styled thinking that 
they're the same kind of you know thing going on but this is having real world really scary implications and they're basically creating something for free that these these you know political operatives are able to just take and run with it and they're profiting from it yeah and so and and not just political operatives too yeah. but people that are in the quote unquote alternative media yeah that decide well I can get hits to my podcast or to my blog if I talk about this or I put this guest on and uh, you know, um, so it might be fun to, you know, and I'm a big fan of pranks, but, uh, you know, if you, if you see your prank turning into a monster, that's going to affect you and everyone else in your country and help just totally destroy the conversation. It's, you know, after a while it's, it's yeah, because a lot of people can't distinguish that from reality. Yeah. And that's that's kind of sad. I mean, it's kind of the 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 world and the country that we live in now. Well, okay, um, I think that's good enough. Um, and we got a great patron episode yes. out of this too. Yes, we did. I we we read a flyer that uh, Surfiel has in his possession, and if you want to know what that's about, you need to go to www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal. And sign up. And if you give us $5 that recurs every month, you'll, there's a lot of episodes on there already that you can, that you can download, listen to. Uh, We've got some things with Joshua Cutchin and Greg Bishop, Tom and Jenny from 13 o'clock. We did one with Recluse last time and now with Red Pill and uh, Ren and Adam Go Rightly. So Uh, Go check that out, guys. And also, I want to say, you know, we may have noticed the bumper music. Uh, Sergio, you can tell them about your your Tiki Beats project. Okay, yeah. I've got a project called Valley of the Tiki Beats. It's an Exotica-themed, inspired uh, instrumental hip-hop beat tape. And you can check it out at TikiBeats.com or just search Valley and Tiki Beats in any of your streaming or uh, store platforms. But uh, you'll hear some of it in the in the bumper music, and uh, give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. Yep, exactly. All right, guys, um, thank you so much, and uh, we will be back next week with Conspiranormal. Conspiranormal!